Welcome to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, and coach, Jeff Schott. Jeff has written Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents become important influencers in guiding their kids to success. He also wrote the book, Going, Going, Gone, about kids departing the faith they were raised in. Learn more about the program and the book at revivefamily.com. Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family and the author of the Influential Parenting Program that helps parents target the heart by going after the root of the issue rather than whacking away on the surface. I'm also the author of Going, Going, Gone, a great book that looks into why kids are leaving the faith. On last week's program, we talked about bringing peace to angry children. And this week, we're going to pick up talking about anger, specifically with how we as adults understand and deal with our anger as parents. This is one of those topics that can strike close to home and cause us to feel negative about ourselves, like we're bad parents or feel guilty. And that's not what we're shooting for. We're shooting for victory here. While it may not be a fun topic to talk about, it's an important one because the studies are showing that yelling, shouting, harsh consequences lead to actually worse behavior in kids. And if it leads to worse behavior in our kids and causes us to feel like failures as parents, it's definitely something we want to address and overcome. And like with everything, there's always a balance. Not all anger is negative. And if we're trying to have a totally anger-free home, one, we're not setting a realistic target, nor is it necessarily healthy. In fact, anger can be positive like this. Anger can cause us to protect ourselves and our families in ways we wouldn't if we weren't angry. Anger is also part of a healthy grieving process to see recovery from long-term wounds or tragic events. So where does anger take us down the wrong road? It's when our anger is directed at our family members, our spouse, or our kids. Anger is a complex emotion, and we're going to do our best in this radio program to give you some ideas on how to tackle with it, because I know there's nothing more frustrating than being a parent who is trying to stop their anger, their reactions with their kids, but they seem to always be falling short. It leads to a sense of feeling hopeless and makes us feel like we're horrible parents. And parenting should be a fun journey, not something where we're constantly feeling down on ourselves or like failures. So when is anger a real issue? If anger is a daily, weekly, or even bi-monthly occurrence that leads to shouting, yelling, or harsh discipline, it is too frequent and will lead to unintended negative effects on our kids. If it happens every couple of months, it's not that serious of an issue. Last week when we addressed bringing peace to angry kids, we looked at three primary sources of anger and the emotional triggers that will trigger that anger. We'll review those quickly now and then look at some additional things we as parents can do to conquer anger issues. Those primary sources of anger, again, were our childhood and upbringing, past experiences that remain unresolved, or our current circumstances, and the emotions that can be categorized into four categories that often trigger this anger are feeling threatened or attacked, feeling frustrated with a situation or powerless, feeling invalidated or treated unfairly, and feeling like people are not respecting our feelings or our possessions. These are the things that can trigger those three primary sources of anger. 
So how does this work? Wounds from our childhood that we could not address with our parents then and did not grieve can lead to areas of sensitivity within us that can be triggered by relatively small things our spouse or kids say trigger really strong feelings that lead to anger that we tend to associate with the person standing right in front of us, though much of the pain and the strong feelings may be flowing from the past. The same is true of past experiences that went unresolved that left areas of sensitivity and woundedness in our hearts. They too can be triggered. And then there's current circumstances. When dealing with anger that triggers from our past, whether that be our childhood upbringing or a past experience, it's important that we identify what those triggers are and what the event was that led to the woundedness within that leads to us reacting. And then we need to seek healing in those areas because that's vital to overcoming this type of anger. We'll address healing these areas in a future series related to the importance of healing and grieving. Today, we're going to talk about those challenging things that can happen with our kids, these current circumstances that can lead to anger that we're trying to avoid as parents. Let's face it, the current circumstances with our kids can be a challenge, especially for the parent that deals with the daily routine and the pressures of getting out to school on time. These circumstances can lead to frustration and can trigger anger from our past or simply the present situation. Let's examine that list of trigger emotions again for a minute and identify the ones that impact us the most. Those categories, again, were feeling threatened or attacked, feeling frustrated with a situation or powerless, feeling invalidated or treated unfairly, and feeling like people are not respecting our feelings or possessions. Man, can't you see this in the morning when you're getting ready to go off to school and one of your kids isn't getting their shoes on, they're not getting their cereal, they're not making their lunch, and you start to feel powerless. You're, you're asking them, you're pleading with them, and they're not moving forwards fast enough to get out the door on time. We can also, in those times, feel like our kids aren't listening to us, which will make us feel invalidated or not respected. They're not respecting our feelings because those tardies are mounting on our kids' record, and it makes us feel like we're not doing a good job as a parent. As you consider the list of feelings, feeling threatened or attacked, frustrated or powerless, invalidated or treated unfairly, or like people aren't respecting your feelings or possessions, it's really important that we take the time to identify what are those feelings we're feeling when we start to get frustrated or we trigger to anger. Once we've identified those feelings and what's leading to the frustration and anger, that's when we can start to look to where's the source. Is it flowing just from this current circumstance or is it triggering some things from the past where we had to deal with really difficult things growing up? I'll never forget when my wife and I were dealing with some issues prior to us starting Revive Family and doing the research and we were having issues with our kids. And the counselor said, why was it not okay for your daughter to take that American Girl doll with her to her grandma's place, a special doll that's new to a special place for grandma's place in Colorado? And he pushed her a little, and finally she blurted out, my parents never let me take my doll on our vacations. There was an area of sensitivity from her past that flowed into that situation and caused her to react in a way that she wouldn't have had things been different between her and her parents. 
when we start to understand the source of our anger, if it's flowing from the past or just the present, it can really help us begin to diffuse the situations. Because when we start to get frustrated, what can flow into the back of our head is, wait a minute, this is stemming from that experience growing up, or this is stemming from the fact that I never felt loved unless I was performing. Whatever that source is can be really valuable in diffusing your frustration and anger. It can also be really helpful in helping your kids understand you and understand why they need to respond or listen in a given situation. Being able to share our feelings prior to an explosion is a really valuable tool because we can share those feelings of frustration, anger, hurt, whatever they are, in a constructive way that will help our kids understand us better. And what I've found is when we approach them this way, they respond, and they respond far better than they do to shouting, anger, or harsh consequences. Because remember, the studies are showing that those types of reactions and responses to our kids' shortcomings or failures or mistakes actually leads to worse behavior. In one study of 13-year-olds, it showed that these types of responses resulted in worse behavior 5, 6, 12, and 18 months later. And maybe this is why we fear the adolescent years. Maybe we're not realizing how much the way we're handling things are actually leading to the bad behavior we fear. One of the things that I've found has really driven a lot of the anger in the homes I've worked with as a coach is high expectations of ourselves. I've found that parents that are struggling with anger, harsh responses, or harsh discipline tend to be really hard on themselves. They have very high expectations for themselves. And when they fall short of those things, they get down on themselves. They tend to beat themselves up. And this being hard on oneself tends to translate to the people that are closest to us. If we have high expectations of ourselves, we tend to have high expectations of everyone around us. Why does this lead to anger issues? It's because we've, in the past, used these high expectations and this being hard on ourselves to achieve, to push past failures, and therefore we believe it's going to help our kids do the same. But the research I do and all the interactions I've done with kids around expectations, it's actually the opposite unless your kids' goals are identically aligned with your own, which is a pretty rare occurrence from my experience. When we have high expectations of ourselves and feel we deliver upon it most of the time, we can be really disappointed, hurt, frustrated, or angry when our kids don't live up to the expectations we have of them. And this is why dealing with our own anger can be a real challenge because our role as a parent is to try and raise kids that will do well and succeed. So those high expectations we have just seem to make sense and seem like they should work with our kids. They leave your kid feeling like they're always a disappointment to you or that they're a failure even though they're getting good grades in school and may be popular. I've still found kids that feel like a failure because of this issue. That's not the desired outcome we have for our kids. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about these high expectations and how we tend to beat ourselves up and why that gets in the way of us being the parent we want to be. That parent can come alongside our kid and understand and have those deeper conversations we wish we could have had with our parents when we were growing up. I appreciate the fact that you've tuned in to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. We're here to help families stay connected and close through even those crazy adolescent years. And we'd love to hear from you. Please go to our site, revivefamily.com forward slash radio, 
and submit the questions you'd like us to cover in our programs and podcasts. This would be a great help to us because we want to serve you where you're at with the issues and the answers that parents are struggling with most. So again, go to revivefamily.com forward slash radio and we'll be happy to address your questions on air. I know as parents, we all feel like failures at times, but it doesn't have to be that way. That's why I've spent so much time talking with students, thousands and thousands of students between the ages of 12 and 21, trying to figure out how do we do this differently? How do we have that close, tight-knit, cooperative family in this age of technology that seems to be pulling us apart constantly? And that's what influential parenting is all about. It's about keeping our hearts connected as families. On May 1st, we'll be launching our online class influential parenting. This fast-paced class will dig into topics that will change the way you see your kids and help you take an influential approach that will restore relationships, draw the family back together, and start building that positive family culture we desire. So mark your calendars for May 1st and visit revivefamily.com and look at influential parenting. It will be in short seven to 10 minute segments, really easy to consume. And it will also have a downloadable MP3 file so that you can take the class as you're working out, waiting for kids to get done with lessons or driving around town. We look forward to helping you build a positive, encouraging, grace-filled and forgiving family culture that will serve your family well, not only today, but well into the future. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. We're glad you've joined us for this discussion of anger and how we can overcome it as parents. Because the last thing we want to do is be that angry parent that leaves damage in our kids. And that's what the research is showing. That kids that are approached with yelling, shouting, harsh consequences end up actually with worse behavior than better behavior. And while that may confuse us because it seemed to work with us when we were growing up, was it what we desired? And this generation of kids is vastly different from us. And that's why we've really got to take these reactions that our kids can trigger in us so seriously. Let's go back to this thought that parents that have really high expectations of themselves tend to be very hard on themselves. And as a result, they can put a lot of pressure on themselves. And they can often feel like they're failing when their kids aren't behaving well because they expect more of themselves as a parent, more of their families as a result of all of this. It can lead to a lot of frustration, a lot of reactions, a lot of anger. It's really important for us to identify the source of this belief that we have to have high expectations. It could come from a number of different possibilities. It could be from the upbringing where you felt loved only when you performed and performed really well. And as a result of that, you did. You performed a lot growing up, and that's where you got your accolades. And that's the only time you really felt good about yourself. So these high expectations were naturally formed in you, and then you grow up and become an adult. But you discover you only feel good about yourself when you're performing at a high level. That's the only time you believe you're lovable and loved. And therefore... The kids around us, when they're not performing, it may feel to us like they're not loving us when that's actually not the case. Recently, I had the privilege of working with a mom who was raised in this way, where she only felt loved when she was performing. And man, she learned to perform really, really well. 
but there's this big hole in her heart. And the kids kept tripping over that hole and causing these reactions. And she never understood why until she discovered that she had been raised with a performance love mindset. And therefore, love was bestowed and received through performance. Whether this is the case or something else is leading to your high expectations and need to perform, it's clear that when we're in this place, that if we only feel happy when we're performing well, doing well, being viewed well, then we're really not happy with ourselves. We don't really love ourselves for who we are or who we were created to be. We're only loved when we're performing. And this is an exhausting way to live. It will lead to burnout. It can lead to frustration and growing levels of frustration as you burn out. So if you hear yourself in this, I would highly recommend you look up our blog on burnout because it's a very real thing and it can drastically impact us as parents and make overcoming anger close to impossible unless we learn how to care for ourselves so that we're not under this constant pressure and stress. Another key to defeating anger is found in forgiveness. Whether our anger primarily comes from the past or the present circumstances, being able to forgive ourselves as well as our family is vital to defeating anger. Releasing the negativity, hurts, and wrongs that leave areas of sensitivity in our hearts is essential if we're going to overcome our anger. A simple intellectual, I forgive myself, is often not deep enough to truly let go and heal. See, forgiveness is essential to be at peace with ourselves and with our kids. Why is it essential? Because when we hold the past hurts, disappointments, and shortcomings against ourselves and against our kids, it builds walls. It builds emotional distance between us and them and leaves us a little bit on edge. And as a result, we're holding these past things against our kids, maybe not intentionally, maybe even not consciously, but all of a sudden they start to do the same thing again and we're immediately agitated, we're immediately frustrated, and we move towards anger quickly, it's because we haven't really let it go. We haven't really forgiven them and moved past it. And that's why forgiveness is so essential in our families. If we can't forgive each other, we're not going to be able to be calm and peaceful when the same thing happens again. And I can say from experience of working with many families as a coach that rarely are the kids doing the same thing again intentionally. Rather, it's a weakness. It's a problem. It's an issue. It's an area of sensitivity in their hearts that leads them to make the same mistake a second or third or fourth time. It's not something that they're intentionally doing unless the kid is so wounded, so hurt, so angry that they're in an active phase of rebellion. And then, yes, that can be the case. But I found that to be very rare. We don't let things go or forgive our kids for their mistakes or the issues that seem to be happening with them. Our kids can tell because we're constantly approaching them with that sense, that doubt that they say, can I go do this? And we bring up, well, yes, but, and we bring up the but because we haven't really let it go. We haven't forgiven the mistake they made in the past. Forgiveness is essential because when this happens, they get more and more sensitive, more and more defensive, and ultimately more and more reactive because they know that they're going to continue to be seen in this light no matter what. And they're really frustrated because often I find they are trying to make the change that we're asking them to make. So forgiveness, 
absolutely essential in our homes. One of the things I would recommend is reading Choosing Forgiveness by Nancy Lee DeMoss, and then go a notch deeper than even that book by seeking to release the pain and disappointment that we can harbor in our hearts that just seems to come back in a flash if we haven't really let it go. We also need to stop and consider our kids. If anger has been too common, too frequent in our house, figuring out a new, deeper way, more sincere way to apologize to our kids, a meaningful way, is really important. And then we need to help them come to a point of seeing us differently so that they can truly forgive us, because this will help remove some of the areas of sensitivity in them. So how do we move past anger? We have to move past it by learning how to express hurt, frustration, and even anger in a constructive way. If we stop and think about it, when we get angry, does it make anything better? Or does it just lead to defensiveness and anger on the other person's part, on our child's part? And then all of a sudden we're in a battle. And then the battle ends, but no real conversations, no real understanding, no real learning took place. And so we're bound, we're almost stuck in a cycle of anger and reaction and anger and reaction because no understanding and learning is occurring. Anger doesn't make things better. It makes it worse. So what do we need to do? We need to share the emotions that lead to anger prior to getting anger in a constructive way. Because that's how the other person will be able to listen, be able to hear, be able to understand, and be able to learn, as opposed to reacting and getting hurt and defensive and angry themselves because of our anger. So what does this look like? You can say something like this, kids, I'm getting upset. I don't want to get angry. Right now I'm feeling like you do not care because you're ignoring me and we're going to be late yet again. Being late is a big deal for me because when I was young, whatever your story is, becoming emotionally transparent is a powerful tool because kids are more emotional than factual anyways. And when we share our feelings, they go, wow, mom's feeling that way. They tend to stop goofing around, stop ignoring us, stop just focusing on whatever they're doing, and they start to actually listen and follow through. It's amazing that when we're emotionally transparent, our kids respond. But when we tend to get frustrated, we raise the pitch of our voice, oftentimes our kids are conditioned to wait for that to reach a certain level before they respond. In the families I've coached, I found that once they were aware of their trigger points, their feelings, and they started to share those with one another, they were shocked and surprised pleasantly that their kids started to respond and that their kids started to open up more emotionally with them. It's amazing how powerful this can be, but it requires us stopping and understanding the source of our anger, the trigger points and feelings that are going on, and then learning to be emotionally transparent, something that very few of us learned in our homes growing up with our parents and is so vital for our kids going forwards. I believe the best legacy we can leave with our kids is to help them learn how to express their emotions in a constructive manner so that they can be received and understood without tension, hurt, or anger coming into the equation. This legacy will set them up to succeed in life and with their future spouses and families. So following this program, take some time to reflect and consider what is the source of your anger? Is it that 
childhood upbringing? Is it a past experience that went unresolved? Or is it just tied to current circumstances? And is that tied to you having really high expectations for yourself and everyone around you? Or is there another source, a source like having felt completely wounded, hurt, and out of control growing up so that today you try and control all the circumstances around you to avoid being hurt again? There can be many sources to this past anger, but understanding that and moving it from unconscious to conscious is the first step in overcoming anger. And then moving on to forgiving yourself and forgiving your family members. We're all imperfect. Forgiveness is needed. And if we can get to that point of releasing the pain, the hurt, the disillusionment, whatever it is, and truly forgive those around us, it will draw us back together again and will bring peace to our hearts and our homes. These are significant changes to make, but entirely possible given what we've seen in thousands of homes. If you feel like you need further assistance in making these changes, Revive Families here to help with training, support, or even coaching if needed. We recommend that parents that desire to bring emotional transparency to their homes begin by taking our online influential parenting class. This short, fast-paced sessions of this class can be viewed online or downloaded to your phone so you can participate on the fly. We'll even give you an implementation process to follow that will help you and your kid reconnect and begin to talk about these deeper things and issues in a safe, positive way. Thank you for joining us for Revive Families Connecting Hearts. We'll be back next week to talk about another valuable topic that will help you and your kids stay connected, not just with the daily routines and schedules and activities, but at a heart level. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family. Have a great week. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.